Hey there, welcome back to Get Lifted Living. In this podcast, I have Kara Baruzzini with us, and she's going to teach us what somatic healing is and how we can better integrate emotional embodiment as well as honor intuitive movement. Kara is the founder of the School of Intuitive Yoga, and she is a women's empowerment coach that offers yoga teacher training and conscious leadership retreats in Costa Rica, and she's also an amazing athlete. If you have had the pleasure of taking one of Kara's yoga classes, you will know that it is both uh, relaxing, soothing, and challenging, both for the mind and body. So (laughs) welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Well, I know we have a so many good topics to cover, so I'm just going to dive right in. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about what somatic healing is? Oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> great way to start. Um, somatic healing is, well, I am currently, uh, as a coach, I work with like a somatic based coaching style and basically what it is is feeling the sensations of your body and using those to take you on a journey inside so um, I've never done therapy but from what I've heard about therapy is it's kind of like using the cortical thinking part of the mind first Um, what somatic healing does is it kind of goes all the way deep down into like the deepest part of the brain, which is the primal brain, speaking to the primal brain. And the primal brain doesn't speak in language. It doesn't speak in words. It speaks in symbols and sensations. Is um, feeling the sensations of the body, which is communicating with the primal brain. It's like one of the deepest parts of us. And the cool thing about working with the primal brain is if you actually really get to know the primal brain and Um, are able to even like sink into it enough to like go underneath it. That's where our spiritual reality and like archetypal reality lies right underneath there. So it's a journey inside. Wow. Thank you. That is so deep. And I'm so (laughs) glad that we have you on the show because I think so many of us as endurance athletes, we're on the other side of the spectrum where we kind of, you know, logically think like, here's a training plan. Here's our intervals. Here's our workout splits. And here's how we're going to command the body to execute these things. And somewhere in that mix, I think it can be a common occurrence to almost lose connection with that like inner sense of knowing because you're so focused on results or completing something, getting something checked off and just Mm. getting to the next thing. So when you mentioned this, I was really, really interested because I think that some of us have gotten into a habit of maybe using movement to avoid. Is that something that you think is real or could be going on? (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yes. For this very reason, I'm super excited to be talking to your audience right now because looking back on my life, I can see at one point I was totally in that. So I guess I'll just like go into my, my career as an athlete. And it wasn't very long. Like I, I never did the athlete thing college. I never did the athlete thing. And then um, in my early twenties, I saw acro yoga and I was just instantly obsessed. (laughs) And I went really deep into training that for 
about three, four years. And it came to a point where, you know, I had, I flew all the way to Germany to do a one month acrobatic intensive with the German acrobats. And it was like every single day, 10 hours a day, we had no days off, like almost no break. (laughs) And um, even before and after that time, I was like three hours a day working out. So um, I, I also went into that world where it was like, push your body, almost like bypass intuition in order to like get the best results possible. So I had like a little chunk of my life where I was in that. And so I so feel and resonate with this audience. I think you validated the question there. Like, is mm-hmm. it real? Because I know that when I first started my athletic journey, it was very intuitive. It was something that like my body really enjoyed and I felt a sense of accomplishment and discipline and esteem. And at some point, um, there was a transition in my mind where it became a little more robotic and almost a source of stress rather than somewhere I went to just be in my body actually the reverse started happening in the later stages when I was just more invested in um, the competitive side. I found myself like um, almost going into my head and out of my body to just be able to force myself to finish the training reps or run that distance or finish that lap. It became something that I found over time that I was kind of doing these movements not to be in my body anymore, but to avoid having to deal with my feelings, mm-hmm. especially negative feelings. Right. Yeah. So basically what we do when we bypass the body's intuition saying like, okay, now's the time to stop. Now's the time to rest. And we keep pushing from this mind place. We keep pushing ourselves to go, go, go. Then we start to cut ourselves off from our intuition. And the more that you kind of like trample over your body's no or um even like not listening to your body's yes or not listening to your body's maybe and and like coming up with a yes or no is eventually the mind just starts speaking so much louder than the body and you can't really hear your body anymore so we start to lose trust in our body's intuition that is incredibly well said and something that i think so many of us experience How can we slowly find our way back to being in our bodies more? And I know that sounds like such a weird thing to say, but, and even if you're not an athlete and you're listening and maybe you're just like a busy mom and you just have those 25 things on your checklist you have to do every day in order to make your day function, like how do we get back from that overload and start being sensitive to our, being able to listen to our intuition again? Yeah, so the key here that I found was embodiment and emotional integration, working on those practices. So, okay, I'll go a little bit into what embodiment is because it's kind of a new practice for the world, so not a lot of people know about it. But basically, what embodiment is, you can kind of you can kind of feel into, I'm sure anybody listening right now can feel into there's there tends to be inside of us humans like a war that we're fighting inside so you kind of you have this one part of you that is maybe feeling a challenging emotion grief sadness fear 
um, rage. Uh, if you think about our conditioning growing up, we were kind of conditioned that all of those things were bad. Like you had a tantrum when you were a child and you're stomping on the floor. And a lot of times the response from adults around you is like, don't act like that. Don't be like that. Don't um, express your rage in that way because it's uncomfortable for us, for you to be acting in that way. So we were conditioned that some emotions were bad and then some emotions were good. And in fact, you probably should feel happy and joyful all the time. And um, because of that, we're fighting a war against the challenging emotions. There's one part that's feeling the challenging emotion and then there's another part that usually says like stop feeling that way you know let's like trample over this like let's uh, I know you're feeling tired right now in this race but keep pushing keep going because um it's basically yeah there's there's one part that's there's these two parts that are at war so basically the journey of embodiment is to go in to the reality of whatever it is that you're feeling. And a lot of people think that if you go into it, if like you go into the, um, the tired feeling during the race or something, or if you go into the sadness or if you go into the rage that you're never going to be able to get out, that it's going to like take over and um, you're going to be stuck in it forever. But that's not actually the case. So what I've personally found in my embodiment journey is that anytime a challenging emotion came up, if I actually went into it, all of a sudden I'd go towards the fear and I'd go into the fear and then all of a sudden like, bloop, it's gone. It was like, almost like, it's almost like a video game inside. Like you, you go towards the fear, you go towards the sadness and then all of a sudden you're like, bloop, onto the other side. And that's actually how um, you can have emotions flow through you. You can have um, the messages that your body is sending you flow through you and they become very fluid. So maybe something, somebody running a race or somebody doing a marathon or whatever um, it is that you, whatever way you like to move, you know, try instead of using the mind to try to bypass what's happening inside actually experiment with going into it. And that's one of the deepest ways to meditate is to actually go into what's uncomfortable and just see what happens. Experiment. See if like it, if you can get to the other side, because when we allow ourselves to feel, this is the art of embodiment. We allow ourselves to fully feel something and then it can just flow through us. It doesn't get stuck. We think that if we go into it, that's when it will get stuck. But in reality, it gets stuck when we try to avoid it. It is so powerful and so like gives me so much insight. And this really came about, I think this conversation, when it, what comes to mind is a meme that I saw on Instagram. And it's about runners and how like, if, you, if this guy is a, you know, consistent marathon runner, does four marathons a year, and that you know, they, that equals, he has a lot of mental distress and (laughs) it made me laugh because I totally understood that I got it where I was like, you know what, when I'm just feeling overwhelmed with my feelings and I can't 
allow myself to feel them, the best way for me to dissipate them is to actually just go on the move. There are times where that is helpful, where the movement actually helps me release emotions. But then there are also times where I use movement to completely evade and override emotions to actually put them in the backseat and use the physical exhaustion to kind of kill the day. You know, I'm too tired to think about this. Um, so it'll have to go in the tomorrow pile rather than fear it so deeply. Whew. Yeah, this is a this is a really good and like like eight layer topic <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Okay, so on the embodiment has two sides, the feminine energy and the masculine energy. I'm a very masculine energy person. I'm a doer. Uh, <laughs> I'm a lister. I like to cross off lists. Um, I like to get things done. And I think those are the places where I have um, lost touch with the feeling sides. Is there any... Um, can you go into this topic a little bit more? I feel like you're so good at identifying and drawing in that feminine energy in both males and, and females. Mm, yes. Okay. Great question. First of all, the first thing I think we need to say is that everybody has both energies and you kind of mentioned this. Everybody has both. So Men also have feminine energy and women also have masculine energy and they're both so beautiful in their own way. And the more that we can balance these things out in ourselves, the more we can kind of like live with a sense of peace and wholeness almost. Yeah, wholeness is more of the word. So for example, I, uh, I used to be like mostly in my masculine because of the world that we grew up in kind of conditioned us even as women to be in our masculine to like go out there and do it in life and like get the job and like goal oriented mission purpose that's the masculine and so I grew up in that world too so I've had to in the past like four years or so I really started working on my feminine energy and calling that forth a little bit more the more we can balance these energies inside, the more we can have wholeness. For example, when I'm uh, really in my feminine, which means that my primary uh, desire is to have like love and intimacy in life. So the feminine energy, you can kind of think of it as like the part of us that like loves to have fun, like loves to go around town flirting with everybody, like likes to go slow, like walk slowly. It tends to be a time sometimes for me where I don't really want to like do my job and do my work and make money and follow my goals and my purpose. And when we don't do our work and do our job, then we don't have money to live and we don't feel stable and we don't feel secure. So there's something like really missing this, this masculine structure. So what I do is I call upon, I like to call it like my inner husband or like my, um, you can even say like your inner father or something. We can have like all these pieces and all these parts inside of us. And this is, um, this is really great for somatic work as well. It's like I have like my my inner feminine, I have my inner masculine. So I can call upon my inner masculine to 
get excited about doing my work, get excited about doing my job or having the goal or whatever it is, like running the race or like going to training to do the things that um, are working towards my purpose and my mission in this world. You being more in your masculine, you're going to want to, when you're feeling like really goal oriented and go, 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 and feels like nothing's slowing down and like you're not feeling the pleasure and enjoyment of life, then you get to call on your inner feminine. You get to call upon this part of you that like really deeply knows how to enjoy, knows how to flirt, knows how to have fun, knows how to be intimate. So um, it takes some practice, but uh, it's, we, we can just like call upon both of these parts and it, it makes you feel really whole because a lot of people are out there looking for um, somebody else with like the opposite strength and energy to complete them. And when we work this way in the world, when we're always like looking for someone or something else to complete us, then we're putting a lot of power outside of us. One way to take that power back is to know that it's actually really all within and we can call upon it. Like whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're anything in between, you have these energies. I love this conversation so much because you and I are almost polar opposites. (laughs) And yes, and many of the athletes, uh, female athletes that I know, I think we kind of... um, almost kind of get stuck in this role of having to show up more often and more disciplined than our male counterparts. It's almost like we have to prove ourselves and I'm much, I'm not saying that it's like unfair because it is what it is, but I feel like we have to really show up um, really, really hard in order to make a footprint. And um, I think in that process, I have definitely lost touch with that feminine side And my focus has become very, especially from like 2019 on, it's been very process driven, where it's just very structured. um, And not a lot of time for fun or flirting or, uh, (laughs) you know, like self care even can become a part of this routine that can feel so structured. And instead of really like, igniting feminine energy it can actually be the opposite where you're like okay I have to cleanse my face double cleanse my face moisturize you know use a serum this that and it becomes very almost like a robotic movement versus a pleasurable experience and hearing you um telling me that it's for you it's the opposite it's you having to call in this structure energy for me it's the complete opposite um I have to learn and I think through our conversations, I'm learning it even more. Just being in your presence actually helps me <laughs> kind of call this energy back to me. Uh, really take my rest days and allow that to be a rest day, a fun day, a faves day um, without feeling guilty. Because I think that's kind of the imbalance that a lot of us feel is this pressure to not enjoy rest anymore because there's this incredible pressure to get things done all the time. And even my female friends who aren't athletes, they they have t- told me that this is this chronic underlying feeling that constantly makes them feel defeated every day, which is that they didn't get enough done. This is why everybody's hiring healers now and everybody has a coach and you're a coach because you, um, you have your unique 
um, transmission to share with other people. And I have my unique transmission to share with other people. And um, I've heard that the way of like learning of the future, which is like beginning to happen now is through transmission. So it's like you ignite these qualities within yourself. And then if just like being in the presence of that person, even just like listening to this podcast right now, people can like receive the transmission of all of your power, Sarah, and all of my power and like everything that we have learned inside. So that's kind of cool. I, I love that you're, you're feeling it just being in conversation right now. And in the same way, I can also feel you because yes, I do feel we have like such a um, an opposite dynamic going on here. That's pretty cool. Look at this world that we grew up in and what we've learned about pleasure and um, feeling good in life, like the conditioning that I grew up with, and I'm sure many people can relate here, is like that you have to work hard, right? You have to, like the keyword hard. You have to work hard. You have to push through. You have to like keep going even when you feel like you're going to die. <laughs> and like that is how we get things done in this world. That is proving itself to no longer be sustainable. And that's why there's this like rise of the feminine energy and like female teachers coming in and teachers with the feminine energy coming in because the energies are trying to balance themselves out right now. We've had 5,000 years of patriarchy before this moment. The patriarchy has basically suppressed the feminine energy because who knows why it was dangerous <laughs> and um we started to live in a world that was just about the, the masculine energy is all about doing and we're kind of living in a, a world right now that is misaligned masculine energy so uh it's you know masculine energy is a beautiful incredible important thing to keep us on track to keep us structured to keep us safe to keep us grounded um, but we're living in a, a masculine where it's like, do push, like, just push yourself off the edge to, to make things happen in life. And that gets people so disconnected from who they are, because mm -hmm. it's completely compressing one side of us. That's so important for our well being. Uh, there's, you know, this huge movement of being pleasure led. And that's one way that we can start to move back into this more healing, healing feminine energy is to follow our pleasure, to follow our desire, important force to work with, follow those things and let that be your guide and let that lead. And sometimes that means that you've got to say no to, to some things that maybe you've been conditioned to push through and say yes to. I'm definitely learning a lot of that. What you're saying right now is to be more connected to my nose um, and not feel guilty um, for saying no. I think for the longest time, especially with women, like we have this nice girl syndrome where it's difficult to say no to people and just diving into like a very male dominated uh, sport and work culture I think saying no became something that I had to become excellent at. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
so I totally understand this, uh, what you're talking about with like a patriarchal led society, because it's something that I grew up in and I have to catch myself when I myself become a part of that culture because I'm so deeply conditioned. It's like being, it's like being racist against yourself. Like you don't even know what you're doing until you're, it's so deeply ingrained in you that you punish yourself for not being a part of the patriarchy (laughs) and and operating in that manner this is where I really want to just dive in a little bit more about leading that pleasure-filled life because if you are an athlete that maybe started your sport because of the pleasure it provided you and now it does continue to provide you pleasure but it's also become a source of your pain where you have become incredibly unbalanced Um, where you are completely disconnected from yourself and your life because you're fully investing your stream into this one sport, which I can say for our multi-sport athletes, our pro-level athletes, most of us are on a completely unbalanced wheel. Like we were focusing all of our energy into one stream, trying to come back from that a little bit. Even I'm not saying that you shouldn't be passionate because that's the entire premise of being an endurance athlete. You have to have passion for the sport. You have to go all in. But I'm talking about those periods of rest where you need to recover and slow down. And many of us do have yoga into our recovery routines. But I wanted to mentally break this down a little bit with Kara because she's such an expert in um, this field of intuition and emotional embodiment and just feeling your body so that maybe we could have, you know, our rest days can be true rest days where you can really just back out of that place of saying, well, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. And just really enjoy not having structure for a couple of days because it becomes unnerving. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like for some of us we call that an anxiety attack now because we're so not used to having so much structure that when you're given freedom it's actually like paralyzing where you're like I can't do anything I can't enjoy this this feels really just like I'm being irresponsible and <laughs> so mm-hmm. I love I love the conversation that you're having because really going back to that pleasure place of pleasure where you can get on the bike and just go around the block for the sense of just having wind in your hair versus it having to be a a training lap, you know, is two really different energies. Like you can still do your sport, but come from a place of honoring your feminine energy, or you can be in a place where you're completely cutting yourself off from it. This is where I have another kind of like topic question for you, which is that you are connected to your intuition, but something that can block your intuition is addiction. And I want to just ask you a little bit about this or dig into this a little bit, because some of us have begun to, we are using movement to fulfill an addiction. So it's a replacement for something. It's a coping strategy that, you know, you get a gold star for. So it's, it's acceptable to over-exercise. It's acceptable to over-train because you're not doing anything bad. Um, but I want to like break this down for anybody who might be struggling with doing too much or not understanding how to fully rest. Um, how can we move out of seeing movement 
as a coping strategy or like a replacement addiction behavior? Like, and I'm not, of course, that's like such a loaded question, but how can we more intuitive in our movement rather than more like addictive and compulsive? Uh, wow, this one, this one resonates a lot because I actually have a really addictive personality as well. And I uh, spent most of my life just like latching on to things. And that's why I had my three years of acrobatics where I was like, this is my life. And without it, I felt like nothing. I felt like I was, like you said, I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't good enough. I um, wasn't like doing something in the world and creating something. And here's the thing. If we, anytime we have an addiction, that means something outside of us has power over us. So it's actually that no one can no one can take your power but you can give it away so mm. no one or nothing can take your power but you can give it away so you can give your power away to that thing and it becomes a process of like taking that power back slowly over time so in my experience i found that most things are a process of slowly rewiring the brain and neural networks are not always created very, very quickly. Some people, I've heard some people say that like you, you can change things in a moment. And in my experience with my own work and what I've done with what I do with other people, I've found that it actually takes a lot of time. And the mantra that I use with people when we're like slowly trying to rewire their brain towards um, like, it's more, it's like choosing, choosing love versus um, choosing to give your power away to that thing or choosing fear or something is it's a very, very slow process. And the mantra that I use is um, you know, you can kind of speak to yourself in this way. Like I, I love you are welcome here. This, this part of you that feels addicted to the thing, you are welcome here and I love you no matter what. And we will work on this for as long as it takes. Then it's a process from there of slowly like choosing pleasure, choosing to listen to your body, choosing to, I think that's it, choosing to listen to your body versus like, automatically from a mind place like jumping into um the addiction of the movement and in my personal experience and I want to share this because if there's anybody else out there that's you know struggling with an autoimmune disease or like severe allergies I really really believe if you've been following me <laughs> along like this is a very psychosomatic illness. And I do believe that all diseases stem from this disintegration of the self. And I love talking to you about this right now, because hearing this in a like feminine, masculine energy type way and talking about it as in just like misalignment, it makes total sense what autoimmune disease is because every autoimmune disease is stemmed in the fact that you become allergic to some component of yourself. Mm -hmm. I think if there's a certain aspect of yourself that you dishonor for a very long time, it would naturally manifest as something like this. And it makes total sense what you were saying about like 
abandoning a particular side of ourselves. Um, you mentioned being able to take care of yourself financially, how that like was something that you wanted to lean into your feminine energy and ignore your masculine energy. And that led to you, you know, having financial struggles. And I can totally relate to that because I believe that is kind of the source of where this um, abandonment of feminine energy came from for me because I went through a period of life where I was an entrepreneur and I really enjoyed this creating process like designing people's websites and you know doing their marketing plans but not in the way like I do it now where it's very structured and strategy based but it was coming from a place of more creation base mm. and um, I also was leading a very pleasure-filled life, but that pleasure-filled life had led to addictions, you know, like drinking and using drugs and things like that, doing things to amplify the pleasure in just to next level stages that um, were not sustainable. And in that experience, I felt very wounded where, you know, decision-like in this process of saying, okay, like we are going to like lean into our masculine energy and we're going to provide for ourselves uh, I guess for somebody who's so like intense, how do like, I wonder if we can embody these energies without going so hard, like without being so final, because I think that's kind of where some of us end up. And I would imagine that anybody who's in these kinds of like extreme sports, um, there's, that's actually like a reflection of that break point almost, you know, that place of just like, hard cutting off of something uh, almost compensating for that that part you know like I feel like I took up sports and being like a really aggressive um, businesswoman to kind of compensate for the fact that I had spent the last four or five years being completely free and you know running around barefoot so to say <laughs> mm, yeah yeah so it sounds to me like okay Jess Bell right Mm-hmm. Okay, so this part of you, Jess Bell, who is banned, it sounds to me there's like some kind of misalignment here with her because it sounds like she really made some decisions that are not that did not serve you in some way. So what what I would what I would guess if I could really feel into this is that isn't your feminine nature per se but sounds to me more like a younger part of you so this starts to go into like inner child work Mm. so we have we have many many parts inside of us we have infinite parts inside of us and the more healing work that we do the more we'll uncover different parts um, because of self-acceptance of ourselves, the more those parts get brave enough to show themselves. So you think, you know, like you go in to start doing healing work and you think that it's like life is going to get easier. <laughs> it's actually um, not necessarily the case because more challenging parts start to come up when they feel like they're allowed to and they feel safe to. So um, it's not that life doesn't have obstacles and challenges anymore in fact sometimes they're even deeper harder challenges you just know how to like ride the waves and 
work with those challenges a lot more when you start doing healing work. So to me, it actually sounds, I, tell me if this resonates with you. It sounds like that was probably a younger part of you that um, was potentially hurt in some kind of way, could have been like as a teenager or in childhood. And it sounds like she wants to like act out and like um, almost like choose unhealthy decisions in order to get some kind of attention. Does that feel like it resonates at all? 100%. Um, she is the rebel. Um, mm. You know, she's, she, it's, that is like the rebel energy that I carry. And part of my illness feels like I almost have to allow this rebel to exist because this, this rebel, part of me, like getting sick and getting part of my recovery have like quitting my job. Like those are all very drastic things and people don't really understand why I took that route. But the way that I was working a very structured, like you're in a cubicle 10 hours a day type deal. It just really was cutting me off from this fun loving place. And, um, and what you were saying too, is like the confusion of that fun loving place versus a wounded, like rebel part of me that was acting out, you know, but didn't also probably didn't deserve to be banned. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing when we, when we ban parts of us, this is where we become disembodied. We push parts of us away, we ban them or we suppress them down pushing apart it's pushing a part of us away so the more that we do that the less whole that we actually feel in life so the key is to this is this comes back to somatic healing this is what we do is to actually welcome all of those parts back in and give them a home inside of you and what you'll actually probably find is that the rebel this rebellious part of you she probably actually has the keys to your fun loving nature also because that's something that you said you're you were kind of missing is that she actually holds the um the keys to both she has her shadow side and mm. the more that she's pushed away and suppressed the more so the more they'll actually uh hold on and the more they'll actually create issues in your life is like the more that you suppress them so if you actually welcome her back in and start to like uncover her beautiful sides I bet you it's the fun and loving part of you also so that's the beauty of like doing somatic healing work is like recovering these parts you start to like you start to parts of you that you've missed parts of you that you've been grieving felt like you've lost and um, it really is the it's the path to wholeness wow that is so deep and so accurate and once again, I love the polarity between our just methodology and thoughts because I focus more on like cognitive behavior modification. So when people come to me for like fitness or wellness, they're essentially they have they struggle to command their body. So they don't know how to command their body to do things, to get up at 5 a.m. and go for a run. And I'm on the opposite spectrum of that is I don't know how to get out of my head and get back into my body. I'm excellent at commanding my body like it's a robot. And I'm really good at helping people develop habits and structure and all of those masculine, bringing out those masculine um, 
movements, but I struggle with going inwards and really allowing all aspects of myself to coexist. Um, And you're absolutely right. That side of me also holds the key to fun. And the longer that I stay on this um, proverbial treadmill of competing, discipline, competing, discipline, training, like on that cycle, the longer, the more distance that I create um, and the harder it becomes for me to even remember um, what that part of myself looked like. Yeah. So this is, this is making me want to go back into the topic of embodiment. And I'm curious, I wonder if you even know this, because I know actually most people don't know this, that the, our body is not all our body does not have to be under our mind's control and that our body can actually move completely without our mind's control. Did you know that? I feel like I've seen it happen. Like I've gotten into accidents or I've had to do things where it wasn't a conscious process where I'm not like telling myself to get out of the way. Um, And those of you guys who are listening that are cyclists, you know that we have cat like reflexes when it comes to like saving our bikes. <laughs> so that. I I know it exists, but I I am unaware of how to consciously, I guess, access that part. Let's go into this. So the we this our conditioning is totally cool with the fact that our minds move completely on their own. Like we are so we know that the mind just thinks that it's you can just like journal and like conscious stream of thought can just like end up on the page and that's it's a really normal thing in western society to know that the mind just moves completely on its own like it's always just going just doing its thing and so we kind of accept that on the other end of the spectrum we don't really accept that the body can just move on its own. And yes, like the cat, like reflexes, that stuff's really cool. But like, I'm talking like things like, okay, in Eckhart Tolle's book, The New Earth, he talks about when ducks get in a fight, after they get in a fight, they swim in opposite directions and then they stand up out of the water and they shake their wings really hard and like kind of stand up out of the water. And what they're actually doing is they're having an energetic release. So they're, they're not even thinking about it. Like they have no conditioning around this. So they just let their body go and they just shake it out. And what that does is it completes the stress cycle of being in the fight. And then they can just swim off and go on with their day and nothing stays stuck. Humans, on the other hand, we've been conditioned to control our bodies. Like coming back to the child having a tantrum. What is the child? What is the message the child receiving most of the time? It's like, we're in the grocery store. You can't be on the floor right now. Like, get your ass up. You know, like, don't don't cry. So we receive these messages that. So the child, what what they're doing is they ha- they're very intelligent. Their bodies are extremely intelligent. They follow the wisdom of their bodies. And when they need to cry, they cry. When they need to have a tantrum, they have a tantrum. When they need to punch something, they punch something. And, um the more that we like compress that these like natural uh, ways of the body releasing energy, the more we actually begin to just like compress our nervous system. And you better believe it compresses your mind as well, because both are connected. 
Yeah, I'll just bring it back to another story. A, f- a friend of mine, she went to Costa Rica and she was swimming and she started to drown and the lifeguards were able to save her and they brought her back and she's sitting in an ambulance and she suddenly felt this urge to just shake everything as she was recovering. And the first thought that came into her mind was, of course, oh my God, I'm not going to shake right now. That's so weird. And then she remembered she had read a book about uh, like how our bodies will release energy and She decided, okay, I don't care how it looks. I'm just going to let my body shake. So she let her body shake and like everybody kind of looked at her with the side eyes, but (laughs) she let it happen. And she literally completed the stress cycle of drowning. And she says to this day, she feels like if she wouldn't have allowed that, she would have still been carrying the trauma of that experience in her body. So our bodies are extremely intelligent and they're, they really know how to release emotions. And the more that we can press them with our minds and say, oh my gosh, that's bad. That's wrong. I was taught my entire life not to do that. Like, you know, conditioning, like men don't cry. Or, you know, the first thing even women say sometimes when they start crying is like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm crying. That goes to show how we've been socialized to be with our emotions. Things like burping, that's an energetic release. And it's something that's so rude. And yawning, I remember getting in trouble for yawning in um, high school, in, in school. My teachers would <laughs> yell at me for yawning, saying it's rude. Yawning is an amazing way of releasing energy in the body. So there's all these ways that our bodies just know how to release energy that we can press. And then we start to get disconnected from this like natural organic movement of the body that um, is really so important for our well-being in this world. That just, yeah, that's very powerful and makes complete sense. Um, I have heard this as well when animals are studied um, after a stressful situation. Like um, they were, I, they were like in the North Pole, I guess, like catching polar bears to tag and tag them for research. And they consistently noticed that as soon as like the bear came to and they released the bear, the bear would shake, like shake their entire body. And um, then their chemical levels, like their stress chemical levels would decline right after the shake. So... Exactly it totally makes sense what you're you're saying I think that more of us could benefit from integrating like fun movement um into our whatever routines like whether it's a workout split or training like have a little dance party in the morning um Mm -hmm. I think that (laughs) those are the days that I'm the happiest is when I have five minutes of like I gotta dance with my dogs before I go to work today um love that and and you hit so many points about the like natural releases of the body. I think we've come to like shame ourselves in so many ways. That's completely unnecessary. Um, because every morning, like I feed my dogs and the chihuahua just, she's a funny dog. Like she eats her food and then she has to belch. And it's like a loud belch for a little dog. (laughs) 
Amazing. <laughs> so brilliant. So brilliant. And I look at her and she owns that belch like she's the boss. Um, there's, <laughs> there's not an ounce of her that feels, you can just see the relief on her face. Like that was a good meal. <laughs> and I aspire to be more like have what I call like own my chihuahua energy. Like, <gasps> yes. Yeah. Because they're so unapologetic about anything they do. She bites children. She, uh, <laughs> Attacks, you know, mailmen. Like, she doesn't care. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, I really love the conversation that we had because there's – after, I think, a very long bout of just being so serious and being so, like, I don't know, in this – even just, like, in the global atmosphere the last two years have been so intense and so serious to kind of come back to a place where, like, we can smile again without feeling like the world is going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um. And just kind of like observing these little things where like it's safe to return to ourselves almost without this constant. I feel like before the pandemic, we were leading up to this point where there was this constant pressure to be perfect, like on social media and everywhere else at Mm -hmm. work. And it almost feels like the pandemic was like the only thing that could have shaken at least some of us off our path. Like there's nothing that could have pushed me off my, like I got to train and race and work 10 hours a day and be perfect path other than the pandemic um, Mm -hmm. forcing me to slow down. And then of course my lupus, like there's nothing on planet earth that would have gotten me off that trajectory of checking one more thing off my list um, and doing one more thing to raise my self-esteem one more medal, you know? Um, so I think sometimes there is a very natural check system. And when you say going back to like, not all movement is controlled. Like I do believe that the body is consistently trying to find equilibrium or like it's consistently trying to heal itself. And in that process, sometimes things like this have to happen because I can't imagine anything else that would have brought me into a place of saying, okay, no, I need to rest. And like, I will definitely go back to racing and competing at some point. But like, right now I have to honor this space of what I call the Chihuahua burp. Like I just need to, <laughs> like, I need to do things in the way that I feel like it. And it has to be like the way of the Chihuahua. Like I do what I want type deal. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. And in that, in that, I, I really do feel my, like, health and vitality slowly returning. And really speaking to you has been really amazing because I've, again, come from a place that was so cognitive, so focused on curating my experience in this world by participating in particular events or having a particular job or, you know, like, avoiding certain feelings by curating this experience and avoiding these people and doing all of that. And that's, um, I love this other side of this coin, which is to just like feel and lean in and not avoid and curate everything so much. So um, I, <laughs> I had brought Kara on this podcast because I will be working with Kara one-on-one just to um, further my healing, which you guys have heard a little bit about here. Um, I just feel like for everyone that's listening right now to just like take a moment, take a deep breath, and you can do this too, Sarah, and just like put your hand on your heart. And this is something I've been doing every single morning. I felt called to do 
every morning upon waking up and just feel how freaking lucky we are to be inside of a human body right now. Just feel the gratitude of that. Because there are some schools of thoughts that say that there are many, many souls up there right now just like waiting, like dying to be in human form to experience what we get to experience here right now. And I'm not just talking like feeling, feeling definitely the joy and the pleasure and the gratitude and the happiness of being in this human world, but also like feeling the heartbreak, like the pleasure of heartbreak. Like if you really feel into your heartbreak right now, you can feel that there is like some level of pleasure in being able to feel that. The pleasure of feeling grief, the pleasure of feeling sadness, the pleasure of feeling rage and how we actually get to like alchemize all of these things like rage into fuel, grief into gold, pain into pleasure. Like that's such an incredible incredible part of our human experience and our bodies our minds can give us amazing intellectual conversations and intellectual experiences, but our bodies give us the pleasure of, of a static dance. Our bodies give us the pleasure of being able to like pass the finish line of a race, like feel your body in that moment. Like if you can even think back to that moment in your athlete life where you like really accomplished something, can you like feel that in your body? And our bodies give us the experience of tasting food. Like that is like so profound if you think about it, that we get to taste food and we get to smell smells and we get to feel and we get to hear the sounds of music. And that's been my practice every single morning is like waking up and remembering that I get to have this experience in human form and in this form, like this body, which I've been taught in so many ways, to hate her, to think she's not good enough, to think she's too big in certain ways, or um, think she's too this or too that, or not enough of this or not enough of that. And like, this was the experience that my soul came here to have. And we get one life in this body. So there's like so much to be grateful for here. (laughs) And as I was saying all of this, also, I saw a dolphin jump in the bay. I'm, I'm in Brickle right now, and I'm looking out at the ocean, and it's a dolphin just jumped for all of us. So, Oh, I feel like those are such magical moments when, those, uh, when they, like, want to show themselves. Yes, totally. So things that are coming up. Um, what I have coming up here is, well, everybody can follow me on Instagram. I'm kara.makingwaves, and I would love to stay in touch. Um, currently, I, I'm going to start leading a program called Empowered Woman. So it's a group for women, and it's a 12-week journey into a few different areas of life where we tend to give our power away. And will work with taking the power back. So one of the areas of life is um, movement. So we get to like reclaim our, the power of our movement. That would be incredible for your athlete community here 
to really like reclaim the power of movement. We'll also be working on sensuality, sexuality, money. So those are some of the areas. Um, and then also I'm taking one-on-one clients. So super excited to work with you. And um, if anybody else feels called to this work, uh, it's just basically a 12-week journey deep dive with me um, where you start to just like spread this into every single area of your life. It's a somatic-based healing. So we work with the sensations of the body. And really, I think what people get the most out of it is you just recover your intuition more than anything. Those are my offerings. And um, I will be offering $100 off for each of those if you say you're a podcast listener. Amazing. Thank you so much because I, A, that's a huge discount. And <laughs> full circle, this kind of brings us to how we even got on this podcast. I had heard Kara on somebody else's podcast <laughs> and mm-hmm. she was speaking about somatic healing and embodiment. And that was something that initially I wasn't sure that that's what I needed, but I want to say that the the portion that you mentioned about like just being in your body and the pleasures that we get to be in our body, um, that became very real for me uh, mm-hmm. when I got finally diagnosed with lupus. For two years, I didn't know what was wrong with me. And mm-hmm. um, I almost felt like, a distrust within myself where I was like, okay, I can never, like, I can, I can't trust my body because it's just not showing up the way that I needed to show up right now in order for me to perform X, Y, and Z. Then when I finally got diagnosed with lupus and mixed connective tissue disorder um, disease, I remember thinking that like in a very tearful moment, um, I feel like when someone tells you you're sick, there's a lot of like, I want to spend more time with my family. I want to do less of this and more of that. For me, it was immediately like, okay, I need to come back into my body and I want to experience everything from Mm. my body. Like I want to feel the sheets. I want to see my dogs. I want to feel their fur because really like that is all you have is your experience. Um, And you can put it outside of yourself. You can say, Oh, when I have the perfect mate, then I will feel, or when I get the perfect job. But it's all of those sensations that you can feel every day that really when it comes to kind of like, all right, we're going to turn on the, you know, stopwatch from here. I think the biggest things that called to me were, were those things. It wasn't really necessarily that I needed to see my family physically. It's that I needed to feel them through myself. Like what, what kind of love do I feel for them? And just having that experience and collecting as many of those experiences in a very like savoring type of way so yeah, I love this. And I'm so excited to work with you uh, one-on-one and just want to like bring in one last thing here because Kara mentioned on this other podcast that she um, spent this exorbitant amount of money to work with a coach. And I want to touch base on this because a lot of people are really cheap with themselves when it comes to this part of their life, like their emotional understanding or their mental health. You buy a $10,000 bike, but you won't you spend, Mm. you know, any money on your emotional and mental health and nutrition. And I think promote, like, don't be cheap with yourself on this part. Like allow this to be a part of your like whole well-being. Like 
I think we spend so much time and energy on like the physical fitness aspect. And I think in, especially my male friends, I noticed that they completely neglect this, um, mental and emotion and aspect. And even my female friends, like they won't spend money to go see a therapist, but they'll complain every day. I see them that they're unhappy. So, Mm. (laughs) so I hope that you will take advantage of this. I think the empowered woman program is going to be really good for anybody who really just a likes being in a group setting. I, I believe this is a group program, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so if you're like a little more extroverted and you feel energized by being around others and hearing their experiences, then this might be more for you. I'm much more of an introverted person. I tend to shrink in like big situations. So if you see me on group ride and I won't say hi to you, it's because of that. (laughs) Uh, So I prefer to work one-on-one, but I think Kara can attest to this as in her investment working with her coach is that every time you invest in yourself, like you grow, you expand in a way that allows in new levels of abundance that you couldn't allow before because you didn't have the like worthy stick almost in your hands. Yeah. Holy crap. That's I I paid $13,000 is what you're referring to. That was, um, that was a program, a one-year program with like a few hundred other women. (laughs) Um, and it, it was, yeah, worth every single penny. Like I can't even, I, first of all, can't believe I paid $13,000 for something like that because I was before that moment, I was like, I would never. And then, you know, when life has you meet your pain enough, you will pay whatever. (laughs) And, um, so I was at that point and I also hired a coach for nine months, which was a whole nother investment. And so I was doing them sim- simultaneously. I, I found a way to make a lot of money very fast. And that's like a whole nother story that we would have to get into another time. But um, it, I would not have been able to ever make a lot of money very quickly had I not like put my back against the wall. And then you're so right. Like the, uh, there's so much inner work. Like if you don't have the inner game down, you can do all the action in the world and it will actually it actually comes out like a little bit cheesy when you're doing the action because the inner game isn't strong so that's what this program did for me that's what um, my coach helped me touch was just like how to get in touch with the inner parts and um, work through the the blocks around money so that I could uh, do the action in the world And, you know, the masculine game is the action, the inner game is the feminine, and how those two work together in alignment, and then you have an upward spiral. Yes. It's, if you have, if one leg of that is super strong and the other is, like, diminishing, you have a downward spiral either way. So it's like you have to get the masculine and the feminine aspects to work together to go up. That is very beautifully said, my friend. Well, thank you (laughs) so much for all of your deep insights. And I will put a uh, link in description to all of uh, the various ways that you can get in touch with Kara. And also be sure to mention this podcast um, for $100 off either the Empowered Woman program or... um, one-on-one coaching and you can certainly book a connection call with Kara to see if you guys resonate. Thank you 